This is a Liverpool Echo podcast on Anfield Plus, the home of your daily podcasts, bringing you the inside track from Liverpool FC. Okay, welcome to another episode of Portrait in Motion with me, Neil Fitzmorris. How are we all on the eve of the start of the World Cup? I am joined on my right hand side by the what well, the the scritty to my politi. Joe, Joe Rimmett, how are you, Joe? I'm alright, I'm alright. Just turned 30, kids, big 3 Just turned 30, yeah, the big 3 yeah. yeah. I've got a scar on my knee, didn't you? That's how <laughs> disgusted I am in you. I've got bills older than it. <laughs> well, oh. you, what bills you need to pay or bills you win? Both. Right. Yeah. Uh, over to my left is the Millie to my Vanilli. I'll take that. He always right, gets kid. a better one. He always gets a Dan, better Dan Kate. You always get a better one. Yeah, you I called him the hand to your solo the other week and then I, called me something terrible. Yeah, but then we changed it to Chewy to the backer, which was yeah, quite good. Yeah. But listen, can I just point out that Millie Vanilli never even sang Scritti Pelletti come out with some decent work. Millie Vanilli and Willem's dead. He's too <laughs> young to remember Scritti Pelletti yeah, anyway. Oh, that's why I said. It was a little retro thing because he's only 30. <laughs> Went behind the ears. Welcome, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in once again and, and, uh, and making this a really popular podcast. We're all really, really pleased with that and slightly proud as well. It's like our little baby, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, like a little baby Anzan made up and made up really thank you very much whatever you listen to it in the car or whatever during the, the midst of Hurricane Hector that's uh, that's just attacking us now why is it why is it going back to fellas names are the, are the women moaning about that as well well they usually find something let's be honest don't they Come it's Heatwave Henry as well next week Heatwave Henry I didn't know you named Heatwave it was Katrina not long ago yeah yeah well Anyway, make it up as they go along. They make it up as they go along. Welcome. Anyway, we are on the eve of a World Cup. We are going to be talking all things World Cup. Uh, we'll also be talking about the fixtures I've got in front of me that have just come out for the start of uh, next season, and also the transfer um, uh, gossip and also the, the transfer merry-go-round that is Liverpool Football Club at the moment. Uh, why don't we start with the fixtures, Joe? Yeah, um, let's do it. They've come out uh, today. Mm-hmm. They're hot. They're literally hot off the press. Um, first game, West Ham United at home. Good to have a home game. Definitely, yeah. A couple of away games last two years, so I think you couldn't really ask for a better start. I mean, the first few games, I know Palace away is a tough one, but it's Brighton at home, I think, the third game, isn't it? And yeah, then, first three games against London clubs. Yeah. Uh, so it's Liverpool, West Ham at home, and then it's Crystal Palace away, and then at home to Brighton. Uh, I might as well go through them Leicester away Tottenham at home that's the first really yeah, of the yeah. ones you'll Tottenham think away, are going to be isn't it? Tottenham away sorry. Tottenham away I'm yeah. sorry yeah Tottenham first away first game in the new, their new yeah. ground as well it is the first game in the new ground of course uh, Liverpool Southampton We've got, and then we've got Chelsea away so we've got Tottenham uh, and then Southampton at home and then Chelsea away and then Man City at home so that's a nice little cluster of, yeah, yeah. of games really isn't it where you got there um I won't go through the whole list because it is quite a long list, and it will be available on the website, the uh, Liverpool Echo website, and I'm no doubt you'll have you'll have got the list. You get the little cards now and stuff, yeah, don't you? Yeah. It'll all get changed anyway, won't it? For the well, TV, Skyle Butcher, yes, yeah. July yeah. the sixth, I think yeah. I've seen is yeah. a couple of weeks time on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. when they announced yeah. the first set. Of so the only two, the only the only things to look at really, the first the first four we mentioned. If we say the if we talk about the last half a dozen, mm. um, the last half a dozen games of the season, are Liverpool are home to Tottenham, away to Southampton. Home to Chelsea, it's almost a repeat of 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 the the opening lot, isn't it? Really, uh, bar in Newcastle United, and um, our last game is at home as well. Always nice to end the season at home as well, isn't it? It is. What kind of stru- um, kind of leaps off the page to me as well is is the is Christmas. We've got quite yeah. a a very tasty festive program. Start with United Anfield on the fifteenth of December, and then the two that particularly leap out is just round about New Year Arsenal at home on like the 29th and then City away on potentially New Year's Day and it reminds me of four years ago when that season when we were going for the title and I think the two games in between Christmas and New Year with City away Chelsea away we lost both narrowly and of course if one of those results had been different 
you never been, know. Would have been in the league in May. And we mentioned as well in the last podcast the significance of Henderson that we lost uh, at the City game, didn't That's we? That's right, yeah. Um, that we missed very, very much uh, in the Chelsea game. So uh, it's it, it's only just the season's only just finished, and we start to get the warm glow of another season coming up, don't we? So. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, the question now to ask is who will be playing for Liverpool yeah. in this season? Now, let's talk about transfers. Uh, the Fakir on off on off saga. Well, he was there, wasn't he? That you know the the the, the, the shirt name was being printed, um, and then and then it was all pulled. I guess you guys will know a little bit more about what's going on um, than I do as as just a plain punter. But it seemed to me that he was coming in. There was an issue with uh, an ongoing or, or certainly uh, uh, multiple injuries on the knee. Um, was it cruciate ligament damage? Uh, yeah, he's a while had two ago? real bad knee injuries. Um, a couple of seasons back, he missed, I think, almost the entire season, and then had a little bit of a reoccurrence. Um, so Liverpool looked for a, uh, went for a second opinion on that knee injury, and were initially pleased with it, um, and then things fell through in sort of murky circumstances towards the end of Friday night, uh, Saturday morning, and then. I think either side of Liverpool have said that they pulled out the deal um, and Leon are trying to claim that Liverpool have tried to renegotiate um, the deal based on his, on his knee injury. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if this one comes back to the table. Um, at the end of the day, we know that Jürgen Klopp is a massive fan of him. Uh, Liverpool was still willing to pay a lot of money. He got very, very close to getting done. I mean, there was leaked pictures of him in a Liverpool mm. kit. He'd done, his, he's done his press duties and his interviews. So... It wouldn't surprise me if this one comes back after the World Cup um, and the parties sit down together again. Um, but it was a very strange one. I think what's changed, though, is though is if you think back to 20 years ago, if this transfer had been done then, you'd have read in the paper on the Thursday that Liverpool were interested in ongoing talks. You'd have read on the Friday, probably by the time Friday, uh, Friday's newspaper came out that they were closing in. By the time Saturday's come out, you'd, you'd have found out Liverpool had pulled out. But now, with, with social media, yeah. it's changed Different the game, world. hasn't it? Every hour, there's an update, and every you get... People from France claiming one thing, people from here claiming another, and it becomes it makes these transfers into the you know in, in inverted commas a saga. So um, look, you know, I don't see any. A lot of people are very disappointed that Liverpool didn't sign him, but I don't think you can cry over a player that's never played for Liverpool. There'll be other tar- targets. I trust in the people that make these transfers because they've done it very well in the past. Um, and you know what? I still, if I was a gambling man, I'd still have a couple of quid on them going back for Fakir because. I think he's a player that Klopp likes. I think so, but Dan, do you, do you think that if there is any, let's just play devil's advocate and think that there, there could have been a situation where knowing the businessmen that own Liverpool FSG, knowing that the, 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 there's a distinct possibility that they've said, you know this kneecap, mm. United have kicked the tide of a Ford Cortina and said, uh, I'm, I'm not happy with the mileage, should we knock a few quid off? Um, that could scupper any kind of coming back to the table, couldn't it? Because they could, uh, if that if that has been a case, and as I said, playing devil's advocate, you, Leon would, would probably be right to assume that they've been disrespected in that way and that might knacker up any future renegotiation well potentially I mean, Leon, Leon's chairman apparently is quite well known as being a, you know, a tough negotiator yeah. and doesn't like to be pushed around and likes to kind of call the shots himself obviously yeah, they're never going to be happy at losing one of their star players to you know, a bigger fish in the European pond um, so to some degree they do kind of hold the whip hand obviously you know Everyone was made up last week, having already got Fabinho through the door and obviously Naby Keita last summer. Getting Fakir in before the World Cup even started really kind of said that Liverpool Football Club were very much putting out the right messages after the disappointment of Kiev and they, you know, doing everything they could to make sure they hit the ground running 
at the start of the new season because you know the Batman City and everyone else has raised the bar. If if Liverpool is serious about having a serious tilt at the Premier League title, you've got to be looking at ninety points. Yeah, and I think reading from one of, one of the pieces this morning, Doyle did a piece about yeah, what, the moment when Liverpool fans can know they're in a title race. I didn't realise, but I think some, the start of last season, I think we took something like 11 out of the first 18 or something yeah. like that. It, even though it didn't strike me at the time as being a particularly slow start, you look at it in that context as it was. I think the other thing to bear in mind as well is that you, we have suffered in the past from maybe not doing enough homework, enough due diligence on players. The one that always springs to mind is Aquilani, who, you know, to come in to replace Xabi Alonso in 2009, and he just was never really fit enough. So... Disappointment though it is, and you know, and even if it, even though it means the club have to go back to the drawing board to a certain extent, when you're lashing out this kind of money, you, you know, if, if you're buying a house, you're buying a car, and your survey or whatever comes back with, oh, this is a bit iffy, you, you know, if, if, if you're not going to say, oh well, I'm, it'll probably be all right. Let's just go ahead and do it. You've got to kind of cut your cloth accordingly. So, like Joe mentioned, I think certainly over the last since the kind of the initial Van Dyke fiasco at the start of last summer. The people involved in Liverpool's transfers really have done a good job, and I think we all have to just kind of trust in them yeah, and their yeah. ability to do what needs to be done. And you know, it, it, it's, there's a long summer ahead of us; still two months till the season starts. And also, they talked about the uh, the the, uh, the most Salah deal for Roma being one where now when we're looking at Allison, Roma are saying, "Well, hang on a minute, you got Salah for the snip, so we're going." Yeah. I think that's not going to affect us for every club in the world now. I think uh, when concerned with, with dealing with Liverpool, I think every club looks at Liverpool and says, "Well, hang on, you got Mo Salah for the snip, and look at him." And I think, and you've got all the Coutinho yeah. money, and you've got all yeah, the Coutinho yeah. money as well. So I don't, I don't think that's going to do us. And of course, you. Know, Joe. I mean, the World Cup is is the worst time to buy a player, even be- before or after, because before you've got the potential of them getting injured during, yeah. uh, and after, of course, you've got a massively inflated price if they happen to have had a good World Cup. Absolutely, the, the World Cup complicates everything with transfers, doesn't it? In, in terms of, I think Liverpool did have a good start to this transfer window, if you like, and they'd obviously got the the Cater deal done last year, so that, that's already a massive boost to the midfield. Fabinho was done very quietly and surprised us all and then they obviously got the ball rolled on for Keir deal and then the World Cup came along we might have seen more developments with that had the World Cup not been starting this week because France of course were jetting out on the Saturday night mm-hmm. so that kind of made sure that came to an end um, but yeah it, it does change things and look, I think you're spot on in what you're saying about I think the whole of Europe will be looking at Liverpool and thinking you're not going to take any of our players on the cheap and it's not just Liverpool it's, it's English clubs they know the money that's floating around in England mm, yeah. if you looked at Roma have just bought um, Patrick Cliver to add Justin Cliver mm. um, for 15 million 15 million I mean, that's a, that's a, that, if that's that was an English team yeah, it would be well more you're looking it? at 30, 35 yeah. possibly more because yeah. he, he was linked with um, I think he was linked with Everton and Man United so the clubs know that English clubs have got money they know Liverpool will have Coutinho money they know Liverpool will have gotten good deals in the past so they aren't stupid, but at the same time, Liverpool are offering good money for Fakir. Fakir wants to move to Liverpool, Klopp wants him. I think those things all together, like we've seen with Van Dijk in the past, Naby Keita in the past, it wouldn't surprise me if he, Klopp, Liverpool, Leon, pushed this deal back together after the World Cup and said, look, come on, let's let's come to a compromise. Because you know, if, if they can knock some money off the fee or make it over appearance related, then that would make sense, especially for a guy... Who's had so many injury problems, and like Dan said, you can't you can't just afford to take gambles. We've seen it in the past when Liverpool were looking to take the next step. Aquilani is a perfect example. They they looked to take the next step. They signed him, and it couldn't have been a worse transfer. And they mm. lost a lot of money on him. Um, so I think they've got to be careful. They don't need to rush it. No other club, big clubs, have made big signings yet. I think Arsenal have signed a 
free transfer looking to sign a goalkeeper mm. in the next few days but in in terms of the other big clubs um, they're not they're not no, doing a great deal really. so, no. so the World Cup has that effect on everyone yeah I think United have made a sign didn't United have signed a player didn't they uh, oh yeah sorry they've signed Fred I don't think they've confirmed it yet but they've signed Fred I yeah Jack I thought it's signed someone else as well but, oh, but the fullback as well yeah sorry, the yeah, fullback yeah, yeah, absolutely right I'm, I'm talking rubbish. I, no 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 no. that's fine I'm used to it um, <laughs> I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank Paul Wheelhouse on making what is possibly the worst cup of tea I've ever had the misfortune <laughs> and you've got his name wrong as well <laughs> Paul, Paul Wheelhouse sorry Paul yeah, Paul. he deserved that it's a cup of it's a cup of hot milk really isn't it well you, you said fish and pond in the first sentence and I looked oh, yeah. down and thought yeah you're absolutely right it does look like something you just dragged out of a pond um so let's look at other positions then, okay? Because obviously a name that's popping about um, uh, on on Liverpool's radar is uh, is Shakiri, of course, yeah. uh, who had that hit back in the. No, I'm joking. Um, his hips don't lie. <laughs> uh, Shakiri, uh, Stoke player. I mean, obviously, it would be an absolute dream for him, wouldn't it? You would imagine that if if any of the rich pickings are going to get taken, he's one of them, isn't he, from from Stoke? Um, uh, Shakiri possibly for twelve between twelve and fifteen million quid. Dan, do you think that's good business? I think bearing in mind what Liverpool need to do this summer, which as we know is you know is augment the midfield, which we've done to a certain degree, but you know, we certainly need a little bit more. And obviously, I think certainly to the mind of most Liverpoolians, we need a goalkeeper. I think under those under the, under those circumstances, also bearing in mind that I think we all know that. Obviously, the drop up, the drop off in an attacking sense after the after the top after our our main front three last season with Solanke and Ings was too great a step. We definitely need to supplement that. We've been linked with Shakiri a few times before. He certainly, you know, he's an established international player. He's a chunky little lad, um, and you know, he doesn't look like a natural athlete. But he looks like he used to be six foot four, but he got it by a falling piano. <laughs> it, he reminds me quite, you know, of almost like a, a bit, little bit of a throwback kind of you know, one of these players of the fifties. Yeah, yeah, you know. Pie chips, two pints of lard, and, yeah. and twenty wood pines, and then go out and score a hat trick. Yeah, yeah. He looks a bit like you, Dad. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. First yards in the edge, as you as you know only too well from our exploits on the pits. Um, I do think I was surprised when I read he's only 26. I thought he was a little bit older than that. I thought he was knocking on 30. I think, I think I do think it's a gamble worth taking because yeah, we need we, we need to boost the squad. There are other areas that that I think more money needs to be spent in. He's played in England for a while. He know he knows the ropes, and I just get the impression with him that you know playing for Stoke and obviously Stoke have been in a downward spiral for a couple of seasons, and that's why they're now the Championship. But I think this could be just kind of like the lead, the lift, the boost he needs to kind of really kick on in his career. Get him so, you know playing with it's often the way a lot of players play better with better players around them, and if he's in the right environment with the right training, he gets his fitness up. I I think it could be a useful. Acquisition for us, Joe. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. I th- you know, it reminds me of reminds me of when Liverpool signed Bellamy from Blackburn for six million mm. back in two thousand six, I think it was, and it was a gamble. They they spent they spent six million, which back then was was a decent fee, but not not too much. And then they sold them on for eight point five a year later. It didn't quite work out. Um, so it, I think it's just a no brainer, is it? Twelve twelve and a half million apparently his release clauses. He won't he won't go straight to the first team, but he'd be a quality bench player. He'd be, that's exactly what Liverpool were crying out for this season when they were struggling in yep. the games. They can bring them off the bench, and if it doesn't work out, then they'll probably get they'll probably get more than twelve point five back a year later. Um, he's only twenty six, so yeah, I think it, it, it makes sense. And he's 
he's, he's experienced. He's played in World Cups for Switzerland. He will, will in this one. Did in the last one. Hell of a left foot on him. Hell of a left uh, foot. A, well, I was just going to say, I wanted your opinions first, but I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I really do. I think he's an exciting player. Yeah. And I think he's a player that needs the step up in team. I think that's yeah. the thing as well. I think Klopp and the staff around him will not let him get... I mean, I think you'll 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 see him shifting a bit of weight. There's no doubt about that. And in the same way as he, he he's got Chamberlain to play and 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 refocused the attitude towards work rate, I yeah. think, and 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 Firmino and and I think you I think you'll see I think you'll see a, a real surprise in in, in Shaqiri faster. And and he's he's got the he's he's got that brilliant footwork. He's got a great low mm-hmm. centre of gravity. He's hard to get off the ball, uh, and from set pieces, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And if you were imagining. Spinning the clock back to the Real Madrid final, and we had Shakiri on the bench when Mo Salah come off. Then you, you're looking at them, thinking, "Well, we've got a bit of quality. You know, someone who can do something." Mm. The interesting thing is how he performs in the World Cup because yeah. he because he's in the shot window now. Whether or not that kicks him on to yeah. to actually do some do do some great stuff, although he'd be doing it for Switzerland. So whether or not it would make much of a difference, I don't know. But I think it's a really good acquisition in, with the price and what you're saying as well, which is quite surprised with the age. He's got something to prove as well. Hasn't yeah, he? you know, he's, that's he's been at big clubs in the past. Bayern Munich and Inter and didn't quite, couldn't quite break into Bayern's team. Inter maybe he was a bit younger and not not as mature. And I think he was miserable at Stoke last season. Who can blame him? I think we'd all be miserable at Stoke, <laughs> wouldn't we? Um, and yeah, I think he'd, he'd jump at the chance to move to Liverpool. So I think it's funny because I've discussed it with a, an Everton fan and he said I wouldn't touch him. Uh, and I think that's because at Everton. He wouldn't quite have the desire that he'd have at Liverpool to go mm. and prove himself. Whereas at Liverpool, yeah. he'd, know he had, he'd know he'd have a battle on his hands yeah. to try and get the team. Klopp would put a rocket up him. Um, and so then when he when he gets his chance, you'd, you'd imagine he yeah. would want to do things. And he's a player who can make things happen. He's got a he's got a he do drops his shoulder well, doesn't he? Yeah. And he seems to be the kind of player as well that can kind of produce a rabbit out of a hat. You know, yeah. he can just yeah. do something a little bit unexpected. Very Coutinho-like in many ways, yeah. in the sense that the small, the, he loves to drop his shoulder. Yeah, uh, and and he's got and he's got a great, uh, great delivery on him and a great and a great foot. And I think if if, if Klopp can kind of work in the you know, the, the kind of team ethic and, and and everything that he would want, the kind of like you know the 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 donkey work that everyone in that team needs to pull their weight. I just I think the, the point Joe made about you know. At 26, you should have that kind of maturity now, yeah. realizing that this might be his last chance at a really top club yeah. to be playing at the, you know, the the highest level of the game, and that awareness. Champions that, League football as well. It, it, but he's been brought in as well, not as kind of like knowing that right at the start. Certainly, you're not the number one pick, so there isn't an enormous amount of pressure on his shoulder either to succeed in terms of the fee and what's expected of him, which should give him the best chance to succeed. So, yes, yeah, to, to my mind, it. it, it, it it's absolutely a no-brainer. Whatever they want to do with Solanke innings, whether it's moving them on or putting them out for loan, certainly for Solanke, you'd think there's, there's there's still potential of stuff that we can get out of him. But I think in, in, in the short to medium term, I think he's exactly the kind of player we should be looking at. Yeah. And by getting him in for a reasonable fee, it enables us, it enables us to potentially concentrate the large bulk of our summer Transfer pot in the areas that really need it, yeah. which you know I think for a lot of people feel is, is well. Let's goal. let's talk about that now. It's, it's it, we're talking no brainers. It's another no brainer, isn't it, mate? That we we have to get a keeper, a high yeah. quality keeper, um, before the start of next season. I'm a little bit worried now because now we know how Klopp recruits, and, and I say worried because I, I do trust Klopp. I think he's he's been a great manager for Liverpool. I think he, he's clever with with his signings, but I do worry now that if he can't get the one he wants and it is looking increasingly he doesn't unlikely. like going for yeah, second options does he, doesn't, he doesn't like taking gambles on players that he's not sure about and it, it looks like he really wanted Alisson 
and and to be perfectly honest, I think it is. I think they have been priced out. I think the the total well, a lot of black ninety million quid. Yeah, I mean, it is getting ridiculous, isn't it? Crazy money. So my worry now is that you'll you'll start the season with Carriers and Ward because because will want to go. You want to go and play football. So whether they can make a sort of clever signing, a more experienced goalkeeper, I, I don't know. Um, but you know that there are goalkeepers out there. Arsenal looking to sign a goalkeeper um, from Bernd Leno from Bayer Leverkusen. Um, so he's someone that Klopp should know all about. So again, there was there was a German, there was a, a keeper that German was looking at, wasn't it? Uh, that Klopp was looking at in Germany of twenty two million pounds keeper. Um, I read it on the on the on the uh, on the LFC website on the Liverpool Echo website. As I wouldn't well. believe anything on there, mate. No, I wouldn't. Either. In fact, you wrote it, <laughs> um, so it's bound to be a lot of rubbish. Um, no, it, it, there was there was a twenty-two million pound German keeper. I don't know whether it might have been the one at Arsenal. Of, of they, they look like they're going to tie up a deal for him, and a couple of people that watch Archie Rintot, who's a very good yeah. journalist and Bundesliga expert, reckons it'll be a very good signing for Arsenal. So. Um, there are goalkeepers out there, but talking Nick Pope as well has been thrown Nick, in the ass. Nick Pope, but then Butland's been mentioned. Oh, don't don't, don't yeah. go near Butland. Um, but you want, I think Klopp wants to top top quality. I don't think he thinks that a Butland is a massive improvement. No, albeit I know the mistakes on Carius or what. The problem is with that, and it's, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's what he does, and it's certainly what he did with with um, with Van Dijk. He held out and held out and yeah. said, "No, I want that or nothing." The problem with that is that 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 could be a very very it could be a very dangerous game to play come the start of the season with the crowds that, that whose last taste of competitive football was a, an absolute shambolic display by someone who could very well be between the sticks again at the start of the season. And and as much as I love Klopp, I think that would be uh, that would be that would be lighting a fuse that I don't think he should be lighting. I really mm. don't. I don't. I don't think that uh, even if Carrius first couple of games were blinders, it doesn't matter. There's no faith in that keeper anymore. He blew it. In a major way, blew it in a way that no professional no. should ever have to do it. Even taking into consideration what we've seen since with the, you know, the supposed concussion and stuff like that, it doesn't matter. There's no argument to it. If he'd have been concussed by Ramos or he'd been belted in the face, one, you know, you concussed. Two, go to a referee and say, mm. take a knee and say, I can't go on. Yeah. I can't go on because I'm not giving 100. percent What you don't do is carry on playing. You, I don't, I don't believe it for one second. If you know, if he's gone to a hospital and they've said concussion, that's fine. But he didn't have a Jordan. I'm, I'm not having it. So what we're left with is someone who dropped the ball spectacularly in every possible way, didn't he? Um, and and the confidence in him is gone, and it's time to move on. The, the other thing that I think it's important to mention as well, and I don't want to beat up on the lad. You know what I mean? Because you know, I don't think there's anything anyone can say that even now can make him feel worse than he probably no, still is doing not, about, about what happened. But it wasn't just what happened in Kiev. Even though there was, you know, a discernible improvement in that second half of the season, in the big, big crucial fixtures, there was still these doubts about his mentality. You know, the second goal at Old Trafford in the league game there, he, he was a bit flaky. He, he did all right at Goodison, but he kind of didn't even really call that a derby. That was no. the one in between the two City games. It was so tame. But in particular, the two away legs in the quarterfinals and, and the semi-final, the second and third goals in Rome were, you know, put up unnecessary undue pressure on us that we didn't need but the one that really strikes me is that is that is those first few minutes at Man City in the, in the, the second leg we're 3-0 up literally the first minute of the game he's got the ball Van Dyke saying to him get the ball up the field he, he can watch it on the mm. replay don't give me the ball he gives him the ball on yeah. his weakest side <coughs> now Van Dyke to be fair should have done better should've himself because he won't put the ball out of play but that you know, the ball ended up in the back of the net 15 seconds later yeah. we all remember the you know just before half time City had the second goal probably quite harshly yeah, yeah. disallowed where the ball came off Milner but it came off Milner after again Carius came and 
a, a weak, flimsy, yeah. flappy punch. And I, I just think that, you know, what, what happened in Kiev, even though I don't think anyone could have foreseen the scale or the yeah. nature of the kind of, you know, Hall of Fame ricks that he's in, it wasn't a massive surprise because there, there have still been doubts under it about his mentality. To, and that's, the, you can have all the ability in the world, but if you can't handle the pressure no. of performing at the top level, you're not going to be able to succeed. Yeah. And I'm afraid that that, there is still a huge question mark. There's a few going there. through the season. You know, it was he's, when he swept out and took out the Swansea player for the for the, for the penalty. He'd done that a couple of times. He's come sweeping in and missed time stuff. Uh, he has this ability as well, which he did against Roma, that actually Zeko scored from, and he did against Real Madrid in the final, but it was offside. Where he where he'll stop a shot, but he'll punch it back into play. Yeah, he punches yeah, it into yeah, dangerous areas. Yeah. He doesn't do what I mean. If you're going to stop a shot, it's basic. Yeah. You get it away from a dangerous area. Zeko capitalised on it. Um, and luckily Real Madrid were offside but, but capitalised on it as well so I, I think we're all in agreement to that a goalkeeper is, is, is a necessity um, Sillison was mentioned again and all the same names are getting mentioned Andy. the problem we've got I think the problem Liverpool have got as well is that if you mention a keeper that no one really has heard of for around the 20 odd million pound mark you're getting the you're getting, go again. You're getting the uh, doing on shouts the again you're getting the carrier shouts again we're doing it on the cheap yeah so it's it's a bit of a, a poison chalice really isn't it John? Yeah I, th- I think Dan's right in what he's saying about carriers even with all the improvements he made, and he did improve compared to, if you think back to last season, uh, sorry, the season before last night, and you think about the Bournemouth mistakes and whatnot, he did improve, but he never convinced me he was top quality. I never thought that he's going to be as good as a De Gea or um, a Courtois or any of the top goalkeepers, and I think if Liverpool really want to step it up to the next level, they need to settle that defence completely down at top goal. Courtois was, 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 was another one that was thrown on the list at one point because he's out of contract. Exactly. But I think he's, he's, he said himself he, didn't, he, he wouldn't move to another Premier League club. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. But, but there, there must be top quality goalkeepers out there and whether Liverpool do bite the bullet and spend big on them. Well, I think they should. I think, I, 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 should, yeah. I, I think it's a false economy. To, you know, if, if we really felt there was a top striker that, that we wanted for £90 million, and we had the money, we'd go and pay it. But there seems for CEO for some reason to be a kind of slight reticence to do that on yeah. a defensive player. Although to be fair, they did spend seventy five million on Van Dyke and at the time people were like, Well, world record fee for a defender. No one's quibbling about it now, no are one's they? About it now. Goalkeeper is arguably one of the most important positions on the field and you know, you can look back and say, Have re- have Liverpool really had a a truly um reliable goalkeeper? Well since Rayner and and you know I, I, Rayner had you know a couple of good seasons, or he yeah. did very much tail off towards the end. Yeah. But you know, I, I mean, I grew up. Unfortunately, I'm still scarred by what David James put me and my <laughs> generation through, and and, and I just kind imagine of imagine the concussion he was under. <laughs> Christ, that must have dropped about ten Nintendos on his head, didn't he? Um, I I just kind of think it's where we are. Again, we're on this cusp of being where we want to be, yeah. breaking into the kind of the real top elite level of, of teams. We are in a position where we do have money in the bank. We are in a position where... Well, we're now the eighth most uh, affluent football club in, in world football, aren't yeah, we? You know, the, United, for their lack of success, are the biggest, you know, are the, are the richest club in, in football. You have to speculate to accumulate sometimes. And I think now is the time, having had the trials and tribulations that Liverpool have had with goalkeepers, you could say over the last 25 years, but certainly over the last three, four, five, to me now is the time to, to go to Atletico Madrid or wherever it is and say, bang, there you go, 80, 90 million. 
suck up the brickbats and the accusations of, of whatever might come your way in the short term because I think in the medium to long term it's a it's a worthwhile investment. I think you're right. I think and I think it is. It, it, it's it's for me. It's 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 a disgraceful amount of money. But at the same time, there's no football. No Liverpool fans going to complain if you get it because no. what you're doing is you're saying we we want to play with the big boys. We are another team now. It's a statement of intent. It's a statement of intent and it's a statement of ambition as well. And I think if you look over the season we've just had and you work out the individual areas, and I could be a bit poor, but you look at how many points it's cost and you look at the overall value that it's lost us, that would probably stack up quite quite well against. I mean, if you look at the final of the Champions League on its own, that is the difference in first and second hmm. uh, financially. It was probably, it's probably halfway to buying Oblak. People soon forget fees, don't they? Yeah. Who's, who's talking about Virgil van Dijk's fee now? No one. Nobody, because he's had such a good start. Who talks about any of the fees Man City have paid for anyone? You just forget about it and say, what a wonderful side. You only yeah. talk about it if yeah. it fails. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and, and if you buy four players at £20 million, who, who all are you useless? Also, yeah, like the, like the year we've done before. In the, in the, of course we've done yeah. it, yeah. So, so I, I think these big fees, personally, one of the ones I, I, I think, Jan Black is an absolute top-class goalkeeper. I think he reminds me of, of checking his prime. He's tall, he, he can make saves, he's quick off his line. And he's somebody that if Liverpool went and spent £80 million on him, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. I'd think, all right, it's an obscene amount of money, but who That's cares? Because that is the game, yeah. yeah. And Man City went and spent forty million on a goalkeeper last year, almost, and and we all thought that was a big fee. But then, what a signing he proved to be! So, yeah, I don't think the Neymar thing's just knocked it all out of the sky, hasn't it? And now, now you know, I know it's only rumor, Bill, but. Real Madrid wants to pay three hundred and seven million to get him from PSG to Real Madrid, and you just think it is going absolutely bananas. But you either jump on the medical round or you stand there and you watch it go past you, and that's the problem, isn't it? Well, and Liverpool decided that have decided that they want to be on this medical round. You know, what I mean that that's you know, the the owners have been in place for for eight years. They've got the the manager in place. They've got the the management structure and everything in place around them. They, yeah, they've started to assemble a team of big players. Mm. You know, that, that can compete on that level around them. So, so why have a world-class defence, world-class attack, yeah. potentially world-class midfield, and still be hoping for the best? Yeah. In yeah. when it comes to yeah. goal, I mean, you know, and everybody knows that you know it, it's unfair. But the reality, you know, every footballer makes mistakes. Every, yeah, Jan Oblak of Liverpool signing will make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if, if a goalkeeper makes mistakes, they are magnified because he's the last line yeah. of defence, and we've just been handicapped by that too often in the past to to try and just hope for the best this time. And I, I really hope they can see their way to just doing what needs to be done because I think you know we're so close we've, we've been here so many times before and I think if we get this right the future can look the future looks really yeah. rosy for us and building the building a winning side building a, a trophy winning side building a league winning side it's a house of cards in it because you bounce it all together and, and if it just doesn't quite like you say if the if the, uh, if the it's not mine this time it's Dan Kay's it's fault it's just vibrating God. sorry um, look straight at you know Neil to me well. you look straight at me didn't you I'm just just a little bit disappointed yeah, in you. That you're, uh, you're an old man now. Come on, <laughs> come on, Grando. I just think it's it's you have to like you're absolutely right. You have to get it all right because if you don't, if you get one element of this squad you're building, if you get one element of it wrong or weak, and goals start going in and we start drawing games instead of winning games, then the ones you've got at the head of it are going to start looking around saying, mm, you know. I mean, I noticed Sadio Mane saying, you know, he's lovely, he's happy at Liverpool, but he's happy while his contract's still going at Liverpool. Um, but he wants to win the Champions League. Now he's, <clears throat> you know, you could say to him he scored the only goal we scored, and you could say that and he hit the post. Yeah. He sort of did what he had to do, yeah. and it was the people around him really that, that that didn't carry with him. So we've got to make sure we get success right. We've got to make yeah. sure we start building on these players because the ones we've got will start looking elsewhere. And the opposite is true as well, isn't it? The opposite because if you think 
if they spend big money on a goalkeeper, it'll turn heads around Europe. I'm yeah. sure when they sign Van Dijk, there'll be other players thinking Liverpool mean business. Yeah. And I think if they go and sa- sign a top goalkeeper, having just appeared in the Champions League final, sign Cater for fifty odd million. Already be, got Salah. Yeah, already got Salah. Another. There'll be players looking at looking at Liverpool, thinking, "I want to hop on that." that I think so. We did. We did. Disc- we, I think we mentioned that briefly last yeah. time. They're becoming uh, an exciting. Yeah. They're becoming a, uh, a sexy club to play for, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, 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 and and <coughs> this is all already on the back of what we did in Europe last season that turned heads around Europe. And I think yeah, we, we've it, it was made clear to us. I think can't remember exactly where it came from, but even in the spring, agents of clubs were contacting. Agent, agents were contacting the club going my client's interested in what you're doing and you know and, and pe- people are impressed but you know but nothing is guaranteed you know and, and the the tidal wave of momentum that we've got going for us it's not guaranteed to carry on going forever you need to keep building on you've it you've got to keep building because on once it. that momentum is lost yeah it can be and, and if once it starts going the other way and you end up on that glass mountain as we've seen before it can be very hard to kind of like reverse that reverse yeah. that trend yeah. so i think it's so important to capitalize on the really good work that's been put in on the field and off the field in the last eight you know 18 to 24 months and really, really kick on now. And to me, buying a, a proper world-class goalkeeper is fundamental to that, and they've got to do it. Do you think that, I mean, uh, we'll talk about whether we need a striker or not now, but do you think that there will be any room uh, in, the, in, the, in the upcoming seasons for the Harry Wilsons and Ben Woodburns, or do you think that they are going to be farmed out? I hope there's room for them. I think particularly the likes of Woodburn, who obviously burst onto the scene, what, 18 months ago now, with that record-breaking goal against Leeds, and even the start of last season... Did he come on for Wales as sub and kind of yeah. like two World Cup qualifiers and like scored a big goal yeah. and made a yeah, big yeah. goal and I think Doyle did a piece a couple of days ago basically saying what happened to him this year because yeah. I think he came on as a sub against Brighton on the last day and apart from playing at Leicester in the League Cup they, they were his only first team appearances of the season I mean the fact that he was so young in that first season 16 I think I can understand why to a certain extent Klopp might have wanted to shield him and he kind of he, I think he had quite a prominent role for the Reds youth teams last mm. year you know, obviously, you know, there's millions of pounds pumped into the academy every year. You can't accommodate all the young players, but I, I think Klopp's shown now that part of his vision is very much having, you know, a, a, a rounded squad of some big names, yeah. some other guys that come in, but also you want that youth. The real talent, so yeah. Whether the, you know, I, I'm sure some of them will be farmed out, some of them will be kept on. They'll do their assessments of that, but. I th- I think it's really important. I think the the proof of what Trent Alexander Arnold's done this season is is the the kind of evidence of the benefit of that policy and the lads in the you know the lads in Russia now, isn't he? About yeah. to play, you know, potentially to play for England the World Cup. Whereas eighteen months ago he was just a snot nosed kid from West yeah. Derby. So, yeah. I, 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 I'm bearing in mind, yeah, we're, we're back in Europe again. We're potentially looking at playing between fifty and sixty games next season, maybe more. There should be opportunities for them to do that because I think we all want a couple of decent domestic cup runs as well. Yeah, that's what's key for them, is it? Those domestic cup runs. I think the reason we didn't see a lot of Woodburn yeah. and, and Harry Wilson ends up going out on loan is because Liverpool got to the third round of the League Cup and yeah. the fourth round of the FA Cup. Otherwise, you'd have seen Woodburn potentially in three or four rounds of that League Cup. So um, for them, it's key that Liverpool progress in those competitions and, and doing that, having a bigger squad is all part of doing that, isn't it? So. Um, I think there's there's a future for both those lads at Liverpool if if there's a future in those cup competitions. But I, I think with Klopp, Dan's right. Klopp likes to have young players. He, he will always be a manager who gives young players chances. And this is even if he signs big players, and Liverpool do mean business in the transfer market, he'll find ways of giving these lads chances. 
Um, but what Burns a worrying one because whether did he go backwards last year? It's hard to say because he's so so young that perhaps that's an unfair. Perhaps he, he jumped onto the, the scene two years ago, even a lot earlier than anyone could imagine. Um, I was at that Leeds game when he scored. Mm. Um, and he's, he's certainly got a lot of ability, but physically he's got a lot of growing to do. He's, yeah. he's not quite as quick or as strong as other players in the Premier League. So perhaps it'll just take him some time. And when he's 20, we'll see him come through a little bit more. While we're talking about you know potential and what's happened and where the future lies, Marco Gruic, of course, Klopp's first signing. Um, at Cardiff, and you wonder whether Cardiff are going to try and put a bid in for him and take him because he, he, he made a bit of a difference in their promotional uh, fight, didn't he? Yeah, that, just this is a personal opinion. I don't, don't see a future at Liverpool for Gruitch just because I think if he was going to do something, he'd have done it by now. And um, you know, he's 22 now, he's not he's not a young, young lad. He's in the World Cup um, squad, he's in the Croatia, World Cup yeah. squad for Serbia. Yeah. Serbia and, and, um, you see him probably getting uh, maybe getting a Cardiff bid accepted. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think. If they wanted to buy him for around eight, seven, eight million, I think Liverpool would probably let him go now. I don't think he can be that confident knowing how many midfield players we've just bought. Well, and the fact that you know, clearly it looks like we're still in the market for more. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it probably would suit both parties then, really. He gets yeah. the opportunity to play in the Premier League. He's obviously having been there for a few months towards the end of last season. He'll have already kind of become part of the, part of the scene, part of the furniture there. Um I mean, disappointing really. It hasn't kind of worked out for him. Because remember when we signed, thinking he's you know good frame on him, big tall lad, looks decent on the ball, can you know potentially get his foot in, in, in midfield. He's got that brilliant header against Barcelona at Wembley yeah, in the friendly. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, mm-hmm. what a way to get started. And at the moment, that looks like that might be the kind of like the uh, the, the the high point of his of his Liverpool career. But um, that's you know, that's the nature of the modern game. The turnover of players is so high. Sometimes they're going to work out. Sometimes they're going to massively not work out and yeah. sometimes he's going to be kind of like in the middle of the road which I think is what Gruwich is so if he does end up at Cardiff good luck to the lad just make sure you don't score against us next season please it wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool end up in certain sell him on and set like a sell on clause or a, or a buyback clause in his contract to protect themselves because if, if he does come through and, and eventually goes on to become a good player Liverpool don't want to be left with an egg on their face and they did raise him very highly at one stage so I think we've seen them do that before with young players it's like quite Jordan standard Nine. now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. So, um, but another loan move doesn't really suit. So, yeah, I think that we'll see him depart eventually. All right, we'll just move. We'll move on to the World Cup now. But just quickly, um, anyone else in the mix? Anyone else you think Liverpool have been in for or should be in for? If you could pull one player, not necessarily out of thin air, someone we've been associated with. So, you know, who would you like to see, Dan Kay? If I was going to pull one player out of thin air, forget about the goalie. Forget about forgetting about the goalie. For now. It'd be Jamie Vardy. I think you know there's there's certain aspects to him not wouldn't say I'm massively keen on, but I just kind of think we need that type of that kind of that kind of different option up front, a hardened, experienced Premier League poacher that can just that, that probably may you know that won't play every game and that you know, would potentially be a difficult sell in terms of trying to attract him to a club mm. and someone who's obviously been you know a title winner at Leicester and an international player and is used to having a team built around him, but you can sell it some of the lines of well you know. Playing 30, 30 to 35 games for us at the top end of the Premier League, at the latter stages of the Champions League, isn't that where you want to be? You're really competing for the top honours, playing with some of these top players, but it would just give us something different. Well, it's a speed angle as well, keeps it very much in favour of what Klopp, Klopp's blueprint is, isn't it? Yeah. Which is that press, that press, and, 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 and that the ability to sniff a goal, like that experience. I mean, if he, if he was young, I've, I've been banging on for years. Jermaine Defoe, he's, uh, to yeah. me, is always one of the great lost Liverpool players. I would love to have seen him in a red shirt. and. Yeah, you know, we haven't had one of those kind of like just a 
penalty box player a poacher and you know obviously you can't say we were short of goals when we scored our FBO yeah the, the Mane, Saleh, Salah and Firmino got what, nearly 100 between them last year but as we've been saying I'd say we're one dimensional but we just need a different option there sometimes particularly when you know, we, we got lucky really apart from obviously in the final the three of them really were injury free by and large the whole season there's no guarantee that's going to be the case this season particularly mm. the way we play it's so physically intensive and, and everything so yeah if, if I could pluck someone out of thin air it'd be someone like him I think Vardy's a great shot. Yeah, there's yeah, a great shot. I think, I think he's a great shot. Experience, he's a title winner. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great shot. Uh, another couple then. Christian Pulisic is a player that have been linked with in the past. Klopp knows all about. Um, every time I've seen him, I've been impressed by him. He just looks like he's got technically very, very good. Is he attacking midfield? Yeah, he can play across that front three. Yeah, so yeah. Either, either wide or, or a little bit deeper. And yeah, I think I'd love to see Liverpool follow up interest in, in him and, and get, for me, one of the best young players in world football and I'll throw another name at you and I know we said to disregard goalkeepers but Gigi Buffon is, is left Juventus would, would he would he's he even older than you now though Joe I know but would he, would he <laughs> represent a, a goalkeeper that you could that you could bring in could he work with Akterberg though that's the problem oh, well. <laughs> but, but you know do, but do you know what I mean he yeah. would give Liverpool he's, he's been there done it all he's someone that the young players would absolutely revere wouldn't he and and I just wonder whether if Liverpool can't get a goalkeeper sorted this summer, whether a year, For a year. A year of Gigi yeah. Buffon would, would benefit that squad so well. Mm. So, See where you coming from. Yeah. Well, he's so good, he named a haircut after him, didn't he? So, you've <laughs> what got about you, Neil? If you, if you could pick someone. I, I, I would have gone with Vardy, actually, mate. Yeah, yeah. And funny enough, the two you've mentioned, Pulisic is exciting as well. And and, um, and, and I'm still, I'm just holding out for, for, for here because you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you produce the highest dribbling stats... In, uh, in League One and also his, his, even his, his goals and assists he's decent yeah. and, and, and I hope he can get to the, to, to the bottom of that because he's, he's a close player to, to, uh, to Coutinho and he, even yeah. Mares to be fair I quite like as a player I want that, 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 um, that, that player that can, that can bring something from midfield I know we're going to have I can't wait to see Keita and yeah. I can't wait, yeah. wait to see Fabinho but they're different roles but that attacking sort of style running through and of course we've got Chamberlain so we do have it and we do, we do have personnel there but, but these little marquee players yeah. like Pulisic and that uh, very very quickly I'll tell you what we'll do we'll, let, we'll end in a minute we've only got a few minutes left but I want to talk uh, before we hit the World Cup and, and who, who you're going to pick a team who you think you're going to do well in the World Cup I want to talk about Kenny Dalglish Sir Kenny Dalglish um, recently knighted of course in the Queen's Honours list now it hit me uh, I could start to get into Twitter messages through on my Twitter feed uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. My initial thing is what it still is now, which is the um, he's above con- contempt for me. Anyway, he's 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 he, what Kenny Dalglish did for the club, what he's done as a football player, what he's done as an ambassador for the club, and what he did during the dark days of Hillsborough, which of course is something that is very prevalent to me and a lot of Liverpool fans, um, and his wife and his family, uh, and I know Kelly as well, and 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 he lives and breathes the football club, and. F- my answer is, is what, what I, when people say to me about safe standing, what do you think is safe standing? And I say, ask the families. Ask the families because it's, it, it, it's something that directly impacts on them. So when it comes to the Kennedy Dalglish thing, do you think you should, should accept it? I've got no problem with it at all. I've got no problem with it. I've got people on my feed then saying, give it back. He should be giving it back. He's, he's, had a, he's had a howler there not giving it back to the Queen. Listen, it's a personal decision and he's a grandfather. He's got grandkids and he's looking back at his career and maybe he wants to say, well, you know, look what I did. I've got no problem with it personally, uh, Dan. I'll pass it over to you and to Joe just to just to give your thoughts on it. I love Kenny Dalglish. Um, a few people saying that I could 
tap into that quite easily. You know, how how can you how can you knight a king? Yeah. Because it, it'll always be our king. Um, people have turned down knighthoods in the past, notably Phil Scraton a couple of years ago. I mean, I, I completely endorse what you're saying. Ultimately, it is a personal decision um, for Kenny and his family, and you know, there's nothing he can ever really do or say that can wipe out or eradicate the decades of support that he's given to the city and and, and to our club and, and kind of like what he stands for. Um, some people, you know, we, we talk about taking taking the lead from the families, and you know, and a lot of people, a lot of families are very supportive of it. You know, I, I do know for a fact some families are a little disappointed yeah. as well because he has spoken himself, Kenny, about in the past how the establishment turned their backs and you know actively colluded to kind of keep things the way they were and make make the fight for justice so much harder. Um, so there, there is, you know, I think for some people there is a slight sense of disappointment. But at the end of the day, Kenny is our king, and nothing will ever change that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can add too much to that. No, very eloquently put for you, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But just to say, yeah, I, I think it is. It's not just a personal thing. It is something for his family and for his grandkids. And I don't, oh, I just don't have anything, anything bad to say about about the man. So yeah, wonderfully well done, well overdue. Um, and you know, incredible figure, not just in football. Yeah, an, inc- an incredibly humble man as well. Who would be embarrassed by the whole thing, to be honest with you as well. I mean, but, yeah, but sure he is. Yeah, you know what he's like. I think the hard part's going to have to be getting the ladder up to the old Kenny, Kenny's ugly stand and putting the sear on it. <laughs> How fancy that, you are. Yeah, you can see them on the phone. I want a 15 foot S. <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I think I, I understand people's sensibilities, and you're not going to you're not going to please everyone. Uh, but my, I have to go with my overall gut instinct. And my overall gut instinct, when I read it, was I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled for him. I'm thrilled for him that he's, that he's, that he's had an honour, that is a national honour. And of course, you have to chuck into the hat as well. If he did give it back, he then feeds into the haters who go on. Oh, Liverpool fans, you're above everyone. You think you're dead, and you're. Dead. I think he's, t- he's, he's gone from the heart. He's, 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 he's in his, he's in his, his twilight years. And it's something for him to look back on his grandkids from. Okay, that's our decision. Uh, that's our that's our, our, our um, opinions on it. Anyway, you can always add your own via Twitter if you want to. Just quickly before we go, because I know we're at the end. We're on over it now. Um, World Cup. It shows you how important the World Cup is to the Liverpool fans. <laughs> We've just shoehorned it into the last 20 seconds of the podcast. Uh, World Cup. Uh, England's chances. Go on. England's chances and who's going to win as quick as you can. England's chances zero. Who's going to win? <laughs> um, who's going to win uh, South Korea because I got them in the World Cup sweeping work. Gee, the, the Ian Kroll fixed and picked out Brazil for himself. Yeah. Just for a change. No, it, Worse than Pengate. Yeah, yeah. Germany. The Germans. You can't look past it. No, no one's retained it since 62, I think, Brazil. So it's a big ask for the Germans, but um, you would never rule them out, would you? England's chances are entirely dependent on whether they play Trent. If they don't play Trent, they get battered in every game. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of a winner, I kind of, I'm just steering towards Brazil. I felt so, yeah, I've always loved Brazilian football. I felt so sorry for them. That 7 1 humiliation in the semi finals last year. And it's been one of those ironies of football that I had of having, having, having had such a. Horrific experience on their own patch. Four years later, they go on and smash it in um, Russia. I had to think for a second then. So um, I'm just looking. It's a feast of football. If, if you're not, if, you can't be a footy fan and not be excited at the start of a World Cup, can you? Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to the World Cup itself as as an event. England, I think, a couple of draws, no doubt, will possibly finish second in the group and then squeak squeak on and then yeah. the wheels will come off inevitably uh, I fancy Belgium as, as dark horses just because I think when you collectively look at that side uh, they've got a lot of firepower Bobby Brown chooses manager yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah true enough But and, and, and I hope that any team 
that uh, Ramos doesn't play for wins. Argentina, Spain in the second round could be lively if it happens. Well, I tell you what, let's could hope also so. Be Egypt, Spain, couldn't it? Egypt, Spain. That's what I meant. Yeah, I think e- so. Egypt, Spain would be the one. All right, guys, listen. Thanks again. Uh, another Poetry Emotion podcast comes to an end. Just a quick plug: we are working on uh, doing a live event. Are, are we not? Yeah, we're hoping to. Um, hoping to before the start of the season. Um, few things in the pipeline hopefully so uh, so fingers crossed yeah. on that it will be us doing a podcast but it'll be a sort of a merge of, of the of the podcast won't it with it hopefully a few little special guest ex-players uh, a few legends in there as well a couple of legends but uh, we'll let you know we'll keep you posted on that but it'd be great to have you all come down um and uh, and join us live and give your opinions give a few questions that always good fun thank you very much dan k thank you neil quickly do your twitter uh, at Bankay, D-A-N-K-A-Y. <laughs> it's easy, you couldn't have done any quicker. Joe Rimmer. <laughs> at Joe Rimmer 88. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dan. It is me, Neil Fitz, uh, Fitzmaurice. Sign, I forgot my own name then. Signing <laughs> off uh, once more for Poetry in Motion, and uh, we'll see you all again soon. And um, come on, uh, come on the World Cup and let's have some fun. Bye bye. You've been listening to an Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app.